to our Deadly Gun Show. Come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern to talk about guns for about an hour. And we got a couple people jumping in right off the bat from Connecticut. We have Cycle Camp. Thanks for joining. Hi there, everybody, and thanks for asking. Yeah, thanks for jumping in. I know it's late out there. Then we got uh, Gary jumping in from Kansas. Thanks for joining. Thanks for the invite. You bet. Got some other links out there. I'm down in Tucson. We're... Uh, Simulcasting this over on gunchannels.com, community we built five years ago, and uh, got a, a text chat going on over there. And there's links out to all kinds of people on the gun channel side. And uh, we'll uh, let's see, on Wednesdays we usually talk about entertainment, so I uh, don't really have anything planned out for this week. And uh, we're just kind of chatting off air um, about topics, but uh, if anybody's out there watching, Excuse me, and have some topics that uh, let us know, and we can uh, talk about those. But, um, I saw a, a really, uh, I thought it was very humorous uh, YouTube video, actually just a few minutes ago. It's an old video. It's been around a while. Uh, but it was, uh, who was it by? It was by somebody called Tundra Tactical. And the name, and it was what your rifle caliber t says about you. And it, it's fairly long; it's about seven minutes long. But it, but he, this guy trashes everybody. It was hilarious. He did. There wasn't a, you know, you you expect it's going to be like a nines are weak, and you know, all other calibers are better. But it wasn't. It was every caliber. He had something to say about every single caliber a person shoots. I thought it was very funny. So if you get a chance, go to Tundra Tactical on uh, on the bad platform and uh, and uh, take a look at that because it's it's really it's really kind of hilarious. Uh, like that on kind of stuff, or just like just making fun and funny type of stuff. Oh, he was he was making funny stuff, but it it actually was uh, it, it was it, you know it was one of those it was funny because there was an element of truth in each one. So, so that that's what made it funny was because there was a, it, you know like a regular comedian it, it uh, there was an element of, of truth in each one so of course that's what made it funny. I put the link out in gun channels. I can't I can't put links out in YubiTubi uh, because YouTube sucks, but uh, that's life. But it it was entertaining and you said you had an entertainment topic so I I thought that would be uh, I thought that'd be uh, something to talk about. Yeah, that's something to start off with. So I haven't seen that one. Have you seen the channel before? You just stumbled across it. No, I just it came up in my. Uh, you know, when you first bring up YouTube, uh, you'll get like either trending or if you're in your home, it'll it'll say, "Hey, here's some stuff we think you might, you know, be interested in." 
and of course it's all based on your where you've been clicking around and uh that one showed up in my when i saw that i said well i'm gonna let him show me what because i'm a 30 out six guy and i was i was gonna let the guy you know say how wonderful a 30 out six was because such a good powerful round and everything and uh that's not how it worked out <laughs> in fact he did that one first it was pretty embarrassing and then i said well then, then you know he'll he'll you know, when he gets to the two twenty three five five six, that that's when I'm gonna that'll be great. And then he gets and then he slams those guys. And then I said, Well, when he gets to the to the you know, the uh AK forty seven, no. <laughs> it's just it just it in fact it got worse and worse and worse. So it was uh, uh it was uh, pretty good. And and not you know, not done in a mean way. He just he just you know, uh, uh, just rattling that stuff off. It was pretty funny. Seven Wonders is wanting to know what that channel name was again. Oh, it was Tundra Tactical, T-U-N-D-R-A Tactical, on YouTube, and it was it, the the name of the video was something like "What Your Rifle Caliber Says About You." And if you were on if you were on gun channels, then you would be able to see the link because I put a link out on gun channels. So if you're on the good platform, then you would you would have that. All the good stuff is on the gun channel side. So yeah, come on over. Because, you know, for some reason, YouTube, even though YouTube makes all its money off URLs, you can't post a URL in a chat in YouTube. And I don't know why. But give that a give that a look. And, and uh, you know, if you're having a if you're having a, ho a holiday get together with folks that, that constantly argue about calibers, say, hey, I got something that'll that'll decide it once and for all and throw that up on the TV and. They'll probably, uh, it's, I'm sure it goes even better with a couple of beers. I'm not even drinking tonight, so, but I'm sure if you had a couple of beers, it would go even better. Seven minutes worth watching. Have you guys seen the um, one that's been around for a while from Colleon Noir, who did uh, types of shooters or types of people in a gun shop or something like that? Yeah, I've seen that one. That's yeah, cool. that was pretty good. And I love that stuff. I, I'm a big satire guy. I love memes and and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean. Seems like I, he's also got a series of, you know, what kind of guy shoots 45, what kind of guy shoots 9 millimeter. Those are funny, too. Yeah. Because I, I could take a joke. You know, most of us most of us conservative folks can, you know, we're able to laugh at ourselves. And, and I think that's really important. And that's one of the things I don't like about the entertainment industry is that, is that you know, it's perfectly okay to make fun of conservatives, but it's not, it's not okay to poke fun at, at you know, progressives and, and, you know, socialist thinkers. And, and again, that's, you know, control the narrative, control the, control the mind. But it, it is sad that, uh, you know, it, you know, kind of like when we had the, oh God, months and months ago, we had the movies you could never make again, right? And, you know, so, of course, Blazing Saddles were right at the top of the list and stuff like that. And uh, it, it's it's really kind of sad that people won't ever see stuff like that again, except on, you know, Hulu or, uh, you know, uh, uh, what the hell, CNN, Turner Network Television or something, you know. Not me. <laughs> but that, 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 you know, I, I find I, that's one of the things I really like about it, about YouTube is finding that kind of entertaining stuff. It's uh, you know, it's a good junk like that. And I was surprised that uh, Gunstreamer, I watched uh, 
gee, I watched your uh, thing about stuff that was on Gunstreamer where you were up up checking it, and I couldn't believe my stuff was out there already because I did do I did that thing you talked to me about about telling them to link into my YouTube channel. So now anytime I post something on YouTube, I don't even have to do anything. It just whoosh, it sucks it right into Gunstreamer. So that was really cool. Yeah, and that's pretty neat. They're doing that service so that that way everything's automatically backed up for anybody who wants to take advantage of it and if you want to use the youth streamer platform feel free but if you don't you've got that backup that's publicly available that you know, then if YouTube does yeah. do something like they did to Clover or Matt or you know others in the past then you know now does gun channel suck them in or does it just does it reach out to them dynamically and just get it right off of YouTube Gunstreamer, once you set it up, they've got like robots or whatever that'll kind of. Oh no, they bring it over. I, I mean, gun channels. So when I when I make a post in gun channels and I say it's an external site, does he just remember the site and then get it from there when someone else wants to look at it? Gun channels, all you do is link here, so we don't host nothing on gun channels. Right, so you don't host anything. Okay, right. and that, yeah. that it really costs a whole nother. But I'm surprised that the, the, you have such a limit on the number of uh, on the number of videos you can post. Then that's kind of weird. If you're not actually hosting any of them. Not on the number you post. It's the number that you upload. Yeah. So if you just link to a video as a link, it doesn't care. You can do that all day and night. Oh, I, I must be confused because I like I go to link stuff. I, I'll be on the main page and I'll say and they'll say, tell me something. And I'll say, yeah, add a video to this. And I'll say it's on an external site. And yeah. it'll say, oh, you have too many videos. We, can, we won't upload. We won't do this. And I have to go erase something. Oh really? Uh, look oh yeah. What that is? That's yeah. I, I sent the I sent whoever your support guys are a question about that because they're really are, old stuff and I can't get rid of them. Your support guys are me and Night Strike helps me sometimes. Oh okay, so yeah, you just haven't got around to it then. No, there's things I can and I cannot do. I mean, I have to also eat and then pay mortgage and things like that. So Gun Channels, you know, pays for itself, but that doesn't mean I have unlimited time to just dig into code and figure out. Yeah, and, and that's the kind of thing that could suck a ton of time out of you. Oh, please, yeah. I mean, if it's even a possible thing. So I didn't realize you were having that one or if it's been happening, I didn't realize that was the situation because, like I say, there's like uh, something to the effect if you are a member and... I don't know what the member levels are. I mean, I built those five years. Well, yeah, part of that depends on what level you are. And I, I actually stepped up to the higher level to get more stuff. Yeah, so if it's not yeah. engaging that to the ultimate, because once you get to the level or whatever, I didn't make it like all that. There's only two levels of gun challenges. Yeah. You're yeah. Or you're not, right? So if it didn't click in maybe or something. So I just yeah, it was like 25 26 bucks a year. It was cheap. Yeah, so we'll figure it out. Yeah, I didn't realize it was yeah. just but then, then I got to the point where I couldn't, I can't get rid of the stuff that's at the tail end yeah, no for reason. some reason. And I don't know why. It's, it's, it's just, you know, there's some database issue there where he can't find them anymore. And, and if you can't find them, you, he won't delete them unless he can find them. So it's kind of, you're kind of in a catch 22. It's pretty weird. But, but anyway, so, so, uh, but yeah, I thought that was a really great feature of Gunstreamer. Just say, you just point to it and say, go get it. And he goes and gets it. I, I managed to do some more stuff. All right. So, um, I don't know. I've thought about those because I just did one, or I did, I guess, a couple of videos from uh, the gun shop angle, like people, stuff to do at a gun shop. And you know, I didn't go with the angle of, like, let's make fun of people who go to a gun shop and don't know what they're doing. You know, I just wanted to make it, like, Hey, if you've never been to a gun show before, because in case there's somebody out there that's actually searching for, I've never been to a gun show before. 
not gun show, gun shop before. Yeah. And some of the, um, I think I broke it up to like, don't do's and don'ts, right? And then, um, what's the word? Uh, etiquette. Because there's yeah. things that, you know, you can or, you know, that aren't necessarily forbidden, but you just look like an idiot, you know, etiquette type of stuff. And then there's stuff that like, you just don't want to do. So I posted a couple of those. And like I say, I thought about, I didn't really think about it. I know that people post videos that, you know, they'll do little routines or something, or they'll try to describe things and make a big joke out of it. But, you know, I was just trying to get information across. But I was thinking about, as I was doing that one, that what, like, Coliad Noir did about uh, kind of making fun or, you know, having fun with, you know, laughing at ourselves, like you said, uh, the different types of gun owners. Um, I was just thinking about it. I don't know if it's really entertaining or not. We could do it on a different show. But, you know, the, just the thinking about the types of gun owners that are out there and... Uh, I don't know. Can you group them? I mean, is it? I don't know if anybody's ever put any thought into that, like serious thought, not just making fun or whatever, but you know, serious thought into like you know, what is it called when you have, um, if you're going to deal with communities, I think, or you know, populations, you'll say there's, you know, let's say males and females. Those will be two circles, right? They're not the same, so they'll be separate. And then you'll say people who eat carrots, right? And then that circle. Will cover some females and some males right, right a venn diagram yeah is that what that's called so uh you know, the diagram is called a venn diagram yeah okay and then with that you can get some perspective on sort of some relationships i guess or some trends i guess and so in other words if we said you know rifle shooters and pistol shooters right and i'm sure there's an overlap there but then when you get into like you know the various start adding layers of complexity there there might be some interesting stuff to glean out of that i don't know has anybody seen anybody take that through and do some kind of in, uh, presentation of that kind of interest in uh, research no i've never seen anything like that 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 might be that might be pretty interesting though yeah. i think it would be i think it would be interesting to see that as far as gun crime is concerned i think that would be uh, very enlightening man gun crime would be so crazy because somebody was talking about it was it yesterday how <sighs> Or if it was even our chat, I get sometimes mixed up when we're talking so many different chats. But uh, as far as crime and stuff, it all comes from just a few counties and then in those counties and from a few areas. So there's some like really violent places in this country. And then the rest of the country is basically crime free. And altogether, it mixes up and it makes us like the hundredth most, I guess, least dangerous country in the planet or something. But yeah, if you actually put some what like to a map or to something more than just figures and charts, right? put it on a map or like in a population thing that might be interesting to see well and that also that also illustrates the the issue with other countries because there aren't that many other countries that have cities as big as the cities in the united states i'm not i'm not saying there aren't any cities as big as our cities but, but we have a bunch generally of speaking they, they don't have that kind of population and it's not as dense a population with the exception of like china and you're not going to get any information out of them anyway but hold on. Now, am I racist? Or if you take something like Tokyo, I don't know what's a big city in China. It's Hong Kong. That doesn't count because that's like Beijing. Beijing is huge. Yeah, Beijing. Take Beijing. Tokyo, right? Take uh, Berlin. Am I maybe not Berlin so much anymore? But those other countries. If am I crazy, or is it going to be like a whole bunch of Chinese people in 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 uh, wherever in where the hell you guys said for China, and then a whole bunch of China, uh, Japanese people in Tokyo, right? I mean, obviously, there's some other people in Tokyo, but that's like majority people from Japan, right? Whereas New York, good luck. Like, they're all from America, but America's a melting pot, so it's a shit ton of cultures all getting along in a different way, right? L.A., good luck. 
Like LA is a massive melting pot. So isn't our, our don't our cities have a different dynamic than many other cities? Oh, absolutely. And 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 in addition to that, they're also very uh, they're very densely populated. The number of people per square mile is is way up there. But you're absolutely right that we are not. Most of the the countries they compare us to and say they have a lot less crime are very homogeneous cultures where they don't have a lot of outsiders. And the ones that used to be like that, like Sweden and all that kind of shit, now that they've let a lot of the immigrants in, their numbers are going off the charts. As far as in fact, uh, uh, London just beat the United States as most deadly city in 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 the world. So that was, that was amongst the amongst the what do they call them among the first world nations, right? Because they always do that. They always say, "Well, you know, if we think it's a shithole, it don't count." So they don't count like Venezuela and you know stuff like that. Anywhere with strife, because how could that play into the world state? Oh yeah. So it, it's a uh, it's pretty neat, and and that and that's part of a lot of the uh, a lot of the. Uh, Statistics when 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 the anti-gunners start to, to discuss the, the statistics, they really are comparing apples and oranges, and it's very difficult to get them to understand that. I mean, in 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 Great Britain, if they don't solve a crime, they don't they don't list it in their stats as the type of crime it is. So if a guy gets killed in in Britain and they don't figure out how he died, they don't count it as a murder <laughs> on their stats. Which is, you know, it's just the way they do business. Until we know what it is, we don't count it. And that that's... Well, I don't think know. we do either, right? We just would say... Are you saying they won't even say, like, it's a firearms death? They would just say it's a... It's a right, it, it wouldn't show up in their stats. Yeah. And that that's one of the, the complaints that John Lott has when he tries to compare uh, uh, the data between countries. Is It's such a huge, different standard of what constitutes a violent crime and what even gets reported. Because we have the same thing in the United States, you know. I mean, all this reporting, like to the FBI, everybody talks about, oh, the FBI stats, all oh, the FBI stats. Well, FBI stats about local crime, are that's voluntary on, on the part of the localities. If the localities don't want to send that data into the government, they don't have to. So it's, it's you know, there's whatever the FBI says, it's actually a lot worse than what they say it is because there's a lot of people that don't report at all. So it's it's tough, you know. It's really tough to get a, a good database, and of course, you don't really want a great database because the more data they have, it means the more intrusive they are into everybody's business. So it's kind of a, a two-edged sword there. Giggery. Now, I agree with you that you don't oh, want to okay. necessarily know everything, but at the same time, independent research can be done, and then if somebody has a problem with it, they can do their own independent research, I guess. But yeah. if, we're, if they're accumulating numbers from hospitals and stuff, that doesn't have to be identifiable, right? That can be anonymous. Right, that's typically anonymous. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't have a problem with that. But the guys in the hospitals, don't, you know, they don't know what the hell's going on either. They, I mean, they can tell you who's injured, but they can't tell you how they got injured. They, they're not forensic specialists. They don't know what kind of weapons were used or any of that kind of stuff. That And, and to, to kind of circle back to the entertainment topic, one of the things that I really have a problem with on all these crime procedurals is just how fast it's like, oh yeah, we got a trace on that guy's phone. 
oh yeah, we went through the data, the facial recognition database, and then in just like ten hours, pop it popped out of the billions of people in the facial recognition database. That's a that's an interesting picture. This is Dead Horse's theme song. <laughs> so that, like I said, from, from entertainment, you really have to suspend your dis. I mean, I know they got it. You know, by the by the forty seventh minute in. They have to reveal who actually did it, and then they spend the last twelve minutes trying to find the guy or whatever with commercials and stuff. But it, it is it is tough, uh, uh, you know. When I see these things, and I don't give a shit what kind of computer skills you got, just the sheer volume of data that you got to go through, it's just it's just ridiculous. So going back to trying to come up with some sort of a, what do you call it a Venn diagram? Yep, that's with the circles, the interlocking circles where they overlap and stuff. So how would you start with something like that, would you think, on guns, gun owners, I guess? Well, first first I would start with uh, all crimes where people got killed, right? And that so that's the big circle. And then within that circle, you've got that's the universe. That's not even the circle. That's the piece of paper. So the piece of paper without any circles on it at all, all the people that die. And then you draw the one that says firearms and you draw the one that says not a firearm. And for, you're going to notice that there's this huge monstrous bubble and this little small bump at the end of it. And that's, that's us. And then you'd have to zoom in on that bubble in order to, and then you do the rifle versus pistols thing. Right. And all of that, but you might do, you might even do like gang related or drug related you know, there's lots of ways to slice that up. And then you could do like ur big ass urban areas versus uh, more rural, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I, I think I, I think that the picture that that paints is just an, you know, pie, pie charts kind of do it. Right. But you have to narrow things. Wait, in order for a pie chart to work right, everything has to all be related to the same thing. And where a Venn diagram, you can take things that are that may or may not be related and, and, and draw them on an event diagram. But it would be, it would be amazingly, uh, amazingly different. It'd be interesting too, because the, like you mentioned, I didn't think about like the, well, you went right to firearms deaths, which I wasn't even thinking, I was thinking gun owners, but um, when you go take it down firearms deaths, uh, the gun, or I mean the gang uh, violence or whatever is so much bigger than guns, right? Guns is probably going to be, again a smaller blip of the overall gang violence one so maybe putting that in perspective might be uh something for people because you know we can we often say well most of the gun violence is to due to crime and most crime is gangs and uh, drug turf and stuff but that blows it off and makes it seem like it's over there right it's someplace else it's away from rest of society or whatever but uh, that you know, there's a lot more gang stuff going on than just the gun violence. So you know, again, if they're going to make it look like, uh, oh, this is inevitable because of gangs are always going to be bringing guns in, that's why we have to get rid of guns, which is basically their premise. We have to get rid of, we have to be disarmed because gangs are going to constantly do this. Then again, look at how right. much violence and, and, and destruction gangs are actually doing. 
And with guns, it's got to be, what, a tenth? I'm just guessing. It's probably like a tenth of their overall damage that they do to society, if that. So, uh, again, I don't know if that puts it in perspective for people. They might be able to see why, even if they were able to, if that, if their perspective or their conclusion was correct, that somehow disarming us would remove firearms from, you know, culture or the, the country, gang members wouldn't be able to have them. That doesn't end gun uh, gang violence. That just ends 10% of gang violence, right? And maybe they'd see that there's maybe no reason to pursue disarming all of us because it's not even going to solve the real issue of gang crime, which, again, guns just a portion of. Yep. I, I want to make a comment. Uh, C4 Defense, which I believe is Sarge, says uh -huh. that stats are drawn from the Universal Crime Reporting Codes. Uh, uniform crime reporting and it's federal law to report. Uh, I hate to tell you, but it, ain't, it it may be federal law, but it ain't mandatory. And you can go anywhere in the web and look that up, and you will find that the while it's it's encouraged and many states have man, made it mandatory, uh, it, it is not. The states do not have to participate, and certainly jurisdictions within states do not have to participate unless the state has passed a law making it mandatory. So uh, it's 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 still the best data out there. I I mean I I certainly don't dispute that at all. But it's not it's not perfect. I mean you got to you got to know your data. You got to know what's coming at you. Fun stuff. But uh, yeah, I think that would be a very interesting. You know, if you're if you're just trying to show the the uh, the uh, causes of firearm related death, uh, and and you know you, you got to remember that like drug crime don't have to be a gang to be a drug crime, right? Hophead breaks into somebody's local rural home looking for some cash to get his next fix, and ends up shooting somebody or getting shot. Then uh, you know. That's that's still drug related crime, and it could could involve a firearm. You never know. Yeah, that stuff happens all the time. Yep, that, it happens on the rural scene quite a bit, actually. Yep. The going back to that concept though, of a Zen diagram, Zen whatever diagram with all deaths, like you said, and then you have to zoom into firearms deaths. That's one of the disadvantages of some of these charts, right? Even though it should make. And with some sort of an animation, it could make, you know, massive uh, illustration of the point, right? In a real poster or just a single image, it's really tough to show that juxtaposition between massive size and tiny minuscule. Oh, yeah. When, when you find out most people get kicked or beat to death by hands, then get killed by guns. Or when you find out that about, uh, what the hell is the number? It's in the hundreds of thousands. Uh, there's like... Between three and seven hundred thousand people die of medical malpractice every year, and and compared to that, that's ten times the firearms death, not just death rate, not even the murder rate. Because remember, you know the thirty-five thousand year that includes about what sixty-something percent suicides. So so you know when you and even that you know when you you take you take the thirty-five or. or 38,000 a year and you start stripping that down against well these people committed suicide these were clean shoots you know by either law enforcement or by people protecting themselves and once you get rid of that stuff the 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 
large, large majority of what's left is is criminal and gang related violence. It's not people just getting pissed off at somebody at the gas station and pulling out a gun and blowing them away. I mean, it just doesn't happen. No, and that's the part that drives me nuts is they've created this narrative as, as if because of movies and stuff, everyone just assumes when they hear firearms, you know, lethal incident, boom, it's got to be some kind of freaking standoff, gunfight, slaughter, massacre. We, we would probably find out there are more people dying of chicken pox every year than there are being shot by guns. Yeah, though, that's the thing. And that's something that, you know, I'm, well, we should, you know, strive for more um, participation in the community from people that are good at, you know, illustrating that, right? Because, yeah, the, when you talked about medical, I mean, that's insane. I mean, medical dwarfs everything, really. But again, we all die in a hospital, or most of us end up dying in a hospital. So I guess we all have to die, and it's, you know, we're all going to die someplace, and we all happen to die in the same place. But still, um, just a massive, massive number. And if you take the preventable ones, the smoking and the overeating and the sugary drinks and the other bad decisions people make in a free country, then, you know, the percentage of lives you could say or the number of lives you could save or if you could say the percentage of the population that, you know that you save from affecting a habit like eating or drinking is going to dwarf just you know the number of firearms right now i think it what if you know if we we are missing an opportunity to be uh standing on a uh podium or whatever and yelling about how it's only you know, 33 altogether, and with the 22 suicides, or after the 22 suicides, it's 11, and when you get down to the actual violent, uh, or, I mean, firearms, murders, and stuff, you know, it's at 3,000. I mean, that's not something we want to be proud of, but on the other hand, that's something that is pretty decent. That's a very, very safe country compared to all the other stuff that's going on, but yeah, it's tough to at least I haven't seen any good illustrations of that, mostly bar graphs, and they're not even in scale because it's such a differentiation between the amount of right, money. Right, can't scale them. Yeah. yeah, there's no way to show it. It has to be like, you know, not to scale. And then that still gives an incorrect perception of how few firearms deaths there are. If they even put it on a list of the top 10, you know, and try to show that it's so small, can't even show. It's like Mount uh, Rush. It's like, um, what's the name of it? Mount Everest versus... You know, a small hill. All right, so we got people jumping over to the Gun Channel side. Do appreciate the people that uh, jump over to GunChannels.com. It's not perfect, but a lot of people, you know, support it. And we're we are working on finding a new chat system out there. It's actually, you know, you hear this a lot when platforms are actually you're talking to the people that build platforms. Talk to me. Talk to Nightstrike. You talk to Austin, and the others who are building these things. Or and you know, we're literally you know, in charge of putting the codes together and paying for the systems and figuring out what works and what don't. It ain't perfect. We don't have anywhere near the resources of Google and stuff. So I really do appreciate uh, the people that take the time to, uh, you know, dig, deal with the issues or whatever and use the chats over here. Um, I think it's worth the effort and I really do appreciate it. So I see a bunch of people are jumping over tonight. Yeah, Pink just Sorry, came on out there. If you'd like to join, uh, feel, let us know. We can send you a private message with a link, and you can jump in and be part of the conversation here or in the chat there. Pants is saying more people are killed by white-tailed deer, which means jumping out the road or just gouging people. But, yeah. Let's go back to entertainment, though. We were getting into politics and the 
you know the antis they get enough of our time let's have fun with it so is there some way to do a one of those diagrams with movies or something since we're talking entertainment movies books or something or movies books and tv shows maybe you take the guns and you figure out which guns like is there a are there two guns that like a six degrees of separation type of thing that with that give you a couple of ways to play with this yeah as you, far as i mean you as have far to as, come up. go ahead go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, i was just gonna say as far as like what guns are used in multiple movies or what do you mean Oh, I don't know. I'm just playing. I'm just trying to think of a way to get out of fuck. You know, talking about the antis. <laughs> oh. But uh, I don't know. If we, uh, is there a way to do like a diagram for gun owners? I guess was my first question, uh, so that we could sort of I don't know see you know what maybe it gives us some new angle on on why some of us can or can't get along or maybe if we I don't know. I'm a visual person, right? So if I were to look at something like that it might put something in, in my head that makes me think, oh well, look, these people are extreme, but since they're extreme in different directions but the same number of steps out from the average then maybe we you know don't need to put as much attention over here as we thought and maybe these people can actually work together i don't know there might be something we can get out of a effort like that uh then i guess i just went into maybe we could do something similar a thing like that with um the different guns in movies and stuff you know if a deagle's been used in a movie like how many movies were there an ar-15 in it imagine it gets would be pretty large numbers of stuff, but uh, I don't know, just kind of throwing some ideas out there. I think there's One actually a website out there that lists all the guns that have been used in various movies and TV shows. You can actually look it up by the gun, and it'll tell you what all movies it's been in, what all TV shows it's been in. IMFDB. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's it. But then, do see, they... I'm more, I'm more interested in the way guns are portrayed, not, not whether or not a particular gun was in a movie, but is this, does this movie have an obvious anti-gun bias, or right. just, just proliferates bad information about guns, just inaccurate information about guns? That would be interesting. Rank movies by not if they're a gun movie or not, but if they're worth a shit or not. Well, like, does a gun ever get used in a positive way for a positive self-defense? Or is it always, you know, is it always just some freaking nut job, you know, wacko that's just shooting up the town or, or the gang violence or that stuff? So, so you know, I, I think you'd have to come up with some categories of how you want to define that. And, uh, uh, you know, certainly, I mean, you look at a Bruce, like, like Die Hard, right? I mean, it's crisis guns all over the place in diehards, but there's a there's guns being used by the bad guys, and there's guns being used by the good guys, and you know, and and so you get a little bit better, a little bit better, uh, uh, what do you call it? A little bit better balance there. Whereas there's other movies where you know everybody that has a gun in his hand is a is a raging lunatic, and and even the guy. I mean, look at uh, the Bronson movies, right? You know, they, they, even though Bronson was, you know, they portrayed him as close to being a nut job. You know, he was a guy that was just fed up and said, no more. I'm not putting up with this crap anymore. So, of course, they go out and get these really exotic weapons and really strange stuff that most people wouldn't own anyway. 
and you know he goes he goes to work on that stuff. It's it's just it's just crazy. Yeah, Death Wish. Thank you, Stephen Wonders. Um, um, yeah, it's you know the Death Wish movies. If you know the first Death Wish movie wasn't that bad. He got regular guns, and you know he was using them and all that. And by the time they got to the second and the third one, I mean he was getting these really off the wall weapons and you know like the virtual artillery pieces and stuff. And of course they were trying to show the bad side of vigilante justice, right? So while it was an entertaining movie and you felt good, you know, you thought he had a good reason, they were still uh, had that undercurrent of, yeah, but you got to be really mental to do this kind of stuff. But you take a movie like uh, Gran Torino, for example, comes to mind. You've got all these, you know, the guys from the neighborhood, he's lived in like, you know, 40 or 50 years and neighborhoods just went to pot around him. So you got all the gangbangers around there, you know, with their handguns and stuff like that. And here he is basically trying to defend himself and everybody else around him with these old vintage guns and stuff like he, you know, 30, 40 year old rifles and stuff like that. And so you have the good guy with the gun and you have the bad guy with the gun. One of my favorite movies, by the way. If you're not familiar with it, have you seen it cycle? Yes, yes, I have. I thought it was an excellent movie, but I, I, I thought it was, you know, he was dying anyway, so he didn't mind going out in such a way that incriminated the gang and got a lot of them locked up. But, but the problem is, if you'd have seen like Gran Torino two, all of those guys would have got off. None of them would have gone to jail because that's the reality. Right, they wouldn't have been able to 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 uh, figure out who exactly shot him, and and all that stuff. I'm 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 just hypothesizing, right? In in, in the real world, three quarters of those guys would have made plea deals. They would have waived the gun charges. They would have been right back out on the street beating everybody up again. So so that's the 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 disappointing part of those kinds of movies is they don't they don't portray reality. The bad guys, the bad guys win a lot. That's why there's bad guys because they do win a lot. Even in the last 10 years, that's changed, you know, a lot for the worse, like you say. That movie's probably about close to 10 years old, so. But, yeah, I, I, I think those, those kind of things I would like to see. You know, are, are guns portrayed more evenly balanced in a positive and a negative light? You didn't see him going out and buying a bunch of new fancy web, you know, Semi-automatic weapons. He's basically defending himself with a bolt action. Yeah, you you didn't see him break the uh, floor of his uh, of his garage and pull out the fully automatic M14s and uh, M16s and you know all that kind of stuff. You know, you, you, you know, or an M60 belt fed or any of that shit. You know, you you just didn't see any of that stuff. Just a guy who was tired of what was going on in the world around him, and rather than leave, like. Basically, everybody else he ever knew had moved out of the neighborhood, but he wasn't going to sell his house. Yeah. Yeah. Wife had died several years ago, and there he was. Yeah. A, a couple of people in the chat are talking about actors and them being mostly, uh, you know, they, they make their money portraying people with guns, and then they run around saying, yeah, we hate guns, we hate guns. But the truth of the matter is the only ones who can say that they're pro-gun are the ones that are independently wealthy and such a huge box office draw that that 
it doesn't make any difference if they if they you know, they they don't respond to the peer pressure. It, the the guys that are like uh, my personal opinion is is that the actors that oh any gun any gun they're just sucking up trying to get in because they know the directors and the casting people are all lefties and they're not going to get on that film if it wasn't for that. But then you got you know guys like Eastwood that owns his own production company. Screw that shit! I'll make it whatever movies I want. You got guys like Bruce Wells who just doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care what people think anymore because he's made his money 15 times over. And, you know, if it's a Bruce Willis role, they're going to ask him for it, you know. So it, it's it, you have to be right at the top of your craft. And they're just let's face it. There just aren't that many people. So then what about the aspect that, like you say, there's actors when they get to some point, they get their own production companies, I guess. But the old dynamic was that production companies make videos in Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Well, we already know that video games are bigger than Hollywood, and the Internet's pretty big. I don't know if anybody's ever compared the Internet to Hollywood, but it's probably bigger, right? Because it's, sure. you know, it's a massive thing. I guess it's not a single thing. But anyway, um, we've got Netflix and we've got Amazon. Matt always talks about new things like Disney or Marvel or whatever. You know, entities are making their own things, so Hollywood is less of a thing because that distribution that 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 type of distribution is you know not the prevalent and it's not the only means of dissemination of content right so as people who are good at it and you know have been good at it have names and stuff we're talking about hollywood actors we see them in things like uh at least i don't watch every single hollywood actor or nothing but i see things like um what's the name of that one cop show super troopers you know it was like a movie that wasn't going to get made by hollywood and uh it got made by itself by the crowdfunding um those guys from it's not the coffee i think it was the t-shirt place that were like military guys and they made their own kind of funny vampire movie uh wasn't that crowdfunded completely and hollywood would have never made that and it was all kind of a spoofy lampoony movie with a shit ton of guns in it and then uh didn't jaeger make a movie i don't know if that one was made by a crowdfunding or not but it was made you know the one where he was an actor in it that zombie-ish type of thing um you know that's like if there's uh alternatives that don't need to come from hollywood hollywood loses power influence and whatnot those actors and their stupid ass opinions can go screw themselves right as as our tastes change, then they're going to lose less and less influence, right? So who cares what they do? Well, what, what they'll do, they'll do the same thing that they've done with social media. So social media is taking mainstream media to the woodshed. I mean, you know, the mainstream media says something off the wall, and then people get together, they see the actual footage, and they start throwing stuff up on social media, and they, they make those guys out for the assholes they really are. Well, the ability to have your own, you know, if you can buy a big enough computer and, and you know, the, with the advent of really good, uh, inexpensive digital cameras and stuff, you know, you now have the ability, a lot of these smaller production companies have the ability to make really quality movies and stick right. it up the nose of, of, of uh, the big movie. So what's big movie going to do? It's going to start a new licensing scheme or it's going to start a, uh, you can't get into our distribution vehicles if you're not part of our little club. And they're going to do the same thing that the 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 YouTubes and the and the Facebooks and the Twitters of the world. They're going to try to control the content. 
and it's just going to make it worse. <laughs> it's going to make it look even worse. Well, I was going to say, I think it's an opportunity because the actors who might be pro-gun and who feel stifled in Hollywood just, you know, might be pro-anything and feel stifled in Hollywood. Hollywood likes to do things plain vanilla so that the most people are going to like it because they're putting all this effort into the cost of production and then distribution. They can only do so many a year. It's got to be appealed to as many people as possible. So a lot of art and creative shit gets stifled, right, or altered or changed. So I would think people that want to be, you know, true to their whatever they feel, then, you know, they're going to leave uh, Hollywood, is I guess what I'm getting at, when, like you're saying, you can make something decent, you know, that's definitely adequate for people to enjoy, and they have the skills or whatever, and they don't need the means of production or the means of distribution anymore, so now they can, uh, you know, do their pet projects, and as us, the people watching, the audiences out here, discover that those pet projects are going to have more flavor and more fun than any of the crap that you know, the big bland stuff is going to kick out. Now, I think they're still going to own things like the massive amount of video, what do you call it, special effects, like the, the superhero movies and the, you know, the big blockbuster type of things. But that those movies, while they're the exciting and stuff, will have less and less ability to influence society, right? And these smaller things will be, you don't have to, back in the day, if you wanted to see an art movie, you had to go to an art, what do they call them, like, thing where they do it on a Saturday or something, or... You know, like a special movie theater, and it would be there for a few days. Nowadays, if you want to see something weird, just go on the internet and watch anytime you want, right? So, won't they have less influence? I guess. Well, that's what, that's what we're hoping. But what typically happens is the way uh, corporatized democracy works is that the people that have the big money pay the state to disadvantage people that they don't want encroaching on their turf. So, and they do that by supporting candidates that, that have certain viewpoints and things and, and pass legislation about not being able to do like a certain, like who, who passed the legislation that said uh, YouTube gets a free pass because they're not responsible for the stuff other people put in there, but then YouTube gets to turn around and censor stuff. Well, if YouTube got the thing about having a free pass because they said they weren't censoring anything. Right. They said, hey, that's not our content. That's the people's content. And so the government said, OK, YouTube, and you are not responsible for that content. But if YouTube turns around and censors that content, that doesn't apply anymore. But you don't see that happening. You don't see anybody turning around saying, hey, YouTube, guess what? You decided to self-censor. So now you are no longer a, uh, an open media and just a platform for other people to use. I guess now if it's on your media, you are responsible for the content of your media, and we should be able to take you to task. The, the whole object of the game here is that they just keep dodging around and getting the government to put rules together to control the people that they don't want to deal with. And I didn't explain that very well, but, uh, you know, I, I hope the, the gist of it I came got, out. I mean, I think I got the idea. I don't know about you guys, but I think what you're trying to say is that, you know, they're still going to struggle to remain or to gain or have or still have control, I guess, or, you know, re regain or retain, retain control. But um, I don't know. Is that our only? I think I, I was, I mean, I'm too much into the Internet. I can't see, you know, if they put up something over here that says, oh, it's so great. All I see is the 75 alternates that happen, you know, that are like, oh, well, here's a better version or here's a version, you know, that's salty and here's a version that's sweet. You know, there's just too easy to make other things. But I don't know as far as the 
what do you guys think? As far as the mass of population, I suppose most people at this point aren't ready to all go off and do their own things, but shit, we all went from three networks to, you know, UHF and VHF. I remember that being a big thing. There was people that, I can remember days when people, like a time at least when people were like, I don't watch UHF. That's for, you know, I only watch VHF. And, uh, That's right, UHF was for those local weird stations. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't watch shows on there. Those Bible thumpers and stuff like that. But, um, you know, and then we went to cable and, like, oh, why would you watch any of that stuff? The public access, or why would you not watch HBO when you got it? Or why would you get cable and not get HBO? And then, you know, now we're into, you know, why would you have Amazon and not get the whatever and not have Netflix and Amazon? So all I'm saying is there's always going to be the next thing and people are willing to it seems like people are more interested in a bunch of selection than the, the few choices that are fast and easy and I don't know with the stuff like I, I've, I've always had that problem with cable TV it, because when you go through the list of channels in cable TV it's the same it's the same 15 movies all week it's the same 14 documentaries all week and and all they do is swap them around different time time slots on different channels, and I I watch so little real TV now. Most of the stuff I watch, to be honest with you, I spend most of my watching day probably in YouTube, where I get to go pick what I want to go watch. Mm -hmm. And thank God the people are out there putting the content together. Well, and, and when I want to watch a decent movie, I go to my DVD collection and I watch a decent movie. And that's the thing. How many people now? And I do, I guess there are people, I know people that will sit there and watch what's on TV. They'll be like, oh, this is coming on. Like, what the hell would you, I can't, I don't, I can't even remember what it's like to, I, I get so frustrated when I go to a hotel and have to watch a TV when it decides what's going to be on. Like, I don't ever just, you know, if I want to watch something, it's, you can watch it and you know that and you know that you can always get around to something, you know, so it's a whole different way of watching things now and everything's available. It's just a matter of which source you're going to go watch it from and you know which which device you're going to watch it on or how you know when you're going to watch it yeah i mean the the advent of the dvr really just changed the whole landscape of television watching i mean i've got i've got maybe 15 or 16 things that i want to watch based on what's you know because you got the things you watch during the fall season and then you got the replacement shows you know in the summer and all that and, and i i don't even bother you know it's not like I don't even think anymore, oh, it's Thursday night, this and this and this is on. You know you know what I mean? I just go right to my what my save shit, what stuff has been captured, which of those do I want to watch? And it just totally changed the way I watch TV. But you go back like 20, 30 years ago when, you know, VHS first started coming about and the video stores just started popping up all over and they got busier and busier and then it was DVDs and then they transitioned to... Well, Netflix started out as a place where you could order movies to be mailed to you and stuff like that. They didn't do the online stuff until later, but people are starved for entertainment. As far as what's on broadcast TV, most people aren't very happy with that. Haven't been for years. It's Yeah, and I, I just wanted to make a, a quick jump back. Um, Pants put something up, and he was absolutely right. It was it was uh, uh, oh, geez, platform versus publisher. That was what I was trying to get at. 
because they were a platform and they didn't own the content, they got the free pass. But a publisher is responsible for what he puts out, and and th th that's the ruling that they tried to they they tried to say that Facebook and those guys are not publishers; they're not responsible for their content. But one of the things a publisher does is edit and and censor. And that's exactly what Facebook and YouTube and all those guys are doing now. So I believe personally that the platform argument no longer applies. So thanks, thanks, Pants, for putting that out there because uh, I, I just couldn't remember that. Yeah, that does clarify it a little bit. And, I, and I've thought about pulling the plug on cable a lot of times. But unfortunately, in my area, for me to get decent Internet, it's it's kind of like it'd be three times more to get the decent internet if I don't have the the bundle, so I might just as well get the cable and all that crap anyway. But mine is stripped down. I don't have any specialty channeling, you know, none of it. Whatever they want to give me for free, that's what I have. Yeah, I've yeah, had cable for over package. That's all I have. Yeah, I haven't had cable for over twenty years. Of course, I don't watch much TV anymore either. So. The only time the TV's on is when I'm at uh, work, so the dogs can listen to something. And and to be honest with you, that's the reason I don't go to the movies that much anymore, because the cycle is so short now, between the time it comes out uh, in the theater and the time when I can watch it in the privacy of my own home, go to the bathroom when I feel like, go get up and get popcorn and coffee or whatever, you know, that it. it that cycle is shortened up so much that unless it's a big sound thing, you know, where it's a big, you know, you really want to fill your whole eyeball up screen and you want that great super Dolby sound system, uh, you know, THX, you know, sound system. I don't bother. Well, nowadays, if you go to the movie theaters, they've made them more like your home. They've got these big reclining seats, drink holders and stuff. A lot of them you can order food. I mean, instead of, you know, I think that's how they're trying to draw people back in the theater, you know. If you can't do it with the entertainment, well, let's make the theater more like your home. <laughs> I think, the, and they're smaller, right? There's no way that they're... Yes, they are. ...the amount of people, right? Right. So you'll probably get to where it's like you're getting like a, a smaller private room where there's a kitchen and, or a restaurant or whatever, a kitchen, I guess, in the middle of... Uh, hub of these things maybe multiple stories right so they can facilitate people watching a more like a larger variety of movies and smaller theaters because uh there are some things that you know like a giant robot movie or a space movie or something like a battle movie you might want to see big i can't imagine some movies i white people want to watch them big like it's just so annoying unless there's the concept of going to the movie theater i guess and making out with your girlfriend or something but you know for that aspect there'll still be movie theaters i think but uh yeah, I think you're right, dude. Like, why would anybody want to go to a movie theater and pay all that money and waste all that time when you just watch you watch two movies by the time you drive to the theater and do all that and wait for it to start and get home? You could have watched two movies at home. I'll yeah. tell you, I think I think these new headset systems, uh, not headset, but you know where you, you know you've got the the lens, the big thing that fits right over your eyes, and you could put a set of quality headsets on there. Now you've got the full immersion experience. You've got a, a screen that's as big as your your range of vision. Yeah, you know, granted it's only four inches from your face, but who cares, right? And you got a decent set of headsets, so now you can get that great sound. Um, you know, I think that's going to be uh, 
one of the things that really just kills going to the movie theater. And if you want to rock your house with, uh, you know, Dolby surround sound, that's perfectly easy to do. You know, you can buy the equipment to do it. And I have friends that have set up movie rooms in their basements, you know, with two recliners, a big screen TV, and a speaker system all around, and they can simulate the experience right in their house. Yeah, I had a I had a, a millionaire friend, you know, years ago. I used to write software for him, and uh, he did the same thing. And he, I think he had, he had a ten thousand watt stereo system, full surround sound. And the first time he put uh, the Jet movie with Tom Cruise, and the first jet flew over the overhead, and you could feel it right in your stomach. I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. Top Gun. Top Gun's the one I'm thinking of. Then you don't have any little kids walking in front of you because they got to go to the bathroom or somebody's spilling their popcorn all over you. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, I, I think those new, you know, where you take your cell phone and you mount it in the goggles and you're watching it like that, I, I think that's going to come very close to, to that same experience. So I think the movie theaters don't, I, I, yeah, yeah. If they just put out quality movies, that's the problem. Well, no, but look look what happened to drive-ins. You know, it's just not convenient to go to the drive-in. You got the weather, you got the travel, you know, the kids falling asleep, all that stuff. I mean, I don't know. Was it the drive-in? Because I think people dig drive-ins. I think it was the real estate just couldn't support the drive-in. I mean, if they stuck a drive-in far enough out, I don't know. It's sort of a catch-22, right? If they put it too far out, then nobody wants to drive to it, like you say. But nobody wants it near them either. Yeah, well, I mean, I just think that at least the ones I've seen turn into apartments and stuff. I just think that land was too valuable. You know, they got ate up by towns, and then it's good real estate. Who wants to waste all that in a big parking lot? Like, all day long, it's just nothing. They don't make any money during the day. Right. Yeah, and except for the ones that are running flea markets on the weekends. And that's still just a couple of days out of the week, you know, that all yep. day long. Just yeah, sitting. I mean, yeah, you, you get you get to use a thing from 8 p.m. to midnight, and then, and then uh, you know... On a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon, it's ridiculous. And, and I tell you, I go to now. I go to movies weird times now because I'm retired, so I go to I do do a lot of matinees and early shows and stuff. And there's nobody there. I'm sure there's a lot more people, you know, later on. But but even the big box office films, unless it's a real crusher, I mean, they they just don't set as many records as they used to. I think that's why they go video as fast as they do, you know, because they can only run in the theaters a week or two, and then nobody wants to see them anymore. But you get yeah. them out on video and stuff like that, and they'll go, you know, places like Netflix and stuff like that right away because there's more money to be made there. People aren't even yeah, buying but... videos like they used to. You go to, like, Walmart and stuff like that. they got a very small video section. What videos they have, they're basically giving away. You know, people want it online. They want it now. And most people have internet. They can stream stuff like that. So it's pretty much, you know, deliver as fast as you can to the customer in their home. The, the entertainment industry is really mm -hmm. changing. And I, I Gary, I 100% I, I agree with you. Part of it is people's, the way people want to use their time, the old vehicles for this just don't work out that well. 
You know, no, you know, people do not want to go eight o'clock and drive away from their house and spend two hours in some other location and then have to drive back. It's the same thing as shopping. <clears throat> you know, malls have dried up. People don't want to go out, fight crowds at department stores and everything else when they can sit and get on Amazon, you know, and order the stuff and have it mailed right to their house or if you have a gift for your cousin Jimmy on the other side of the country, you can have a gift wrapped and sent to him. And, you know, you're done, and then you've got the rest of your day. Dude, you ain't even kidding. I'm driving around, right? I'm looking for parking lots. There are so many abandoned malls, like, just dead. Like, you know, not just the, the strip malls with, like, an anchor and a bunch of little dead shops around it, but, like, real malls that, you know, had the four or five anchors and then all the little stuff inside. Just yeah. whole malls that are dead or have, like, my, my gym, Planet Fitness. A lot of times they'll be in those because you know it's cheap rent or whatever, and uh, yeah, every single every single state I want to say probably every single not every single city but lots of dead malls out there. It's got to be who wants to go to a mall and they only really ever made money at Christmas time, right? The rest of the time they're just wasting electricity and air conditioning and waiting for Christmas. And a lot of the major retailers have pretty much closed up doors, you know, <clears throat> J.C. Penney, Dillard's, and stuff like that. So Sears. And so without the major stores to anchor it, you know, they can't keep the little shops open either. So we should do a show sometime on how to convert a mall into a massive shooting facility. You know, yep. they did um, that, that, uh, that top guns there in Terre Haute, Indiana. It's a huge, huge gun store, but it's basically a mall. They had a small gun shop across the street, and then basically when the mall emptied out, they made a deal, and they built that thing. So they've got a huge retail area, and they've got like three or four different ranges built in there in some of the various areas and stuff, and made, you know, turned it into a major entertainment center for, you know, pro-gun people. So the, the face entertainment's changing, and, and people won't put up with bullshit that they can verify it by themselves, as far as news and the media is concerned. And I think a lot of people are getting tired about uh, about getting preached at in movies. I mean, look at the the massive complaints about the Last Jedi, and and you know the the she's uh, what Marvel tried to do, where where they changed one of the characters from a guy uh, like like Mrs. Captain America or something like that. And and people were just up in arms about that shit, saying, "Hey, you know, you, you know, too far, too far, foul, right? To draw my line in the sand." Like the last, um, what's that? Um, you were just talking about earlier. Um, dang it! They made a remake of it with Die Hard guy. Um, dang it! Why am I drawing a blank? Um. Yeah, I knew there was a new Bruce Willis thing out, but I cannot remember what what it was. The one from uh, the one you were just talking about earlier with the uh, Wildy. I can't think of Death Wish. Thank you. So the new Death Wish is shitty. It's anti-gun. It's super anti-gun. Horrible. Talk about yeah. So why bother? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the the whole deal about Death Wish was a guy that used guns to solve his community problems. A guy that changed his mind from being a non-gun owner who was a, literally a, a, a conscientious objector during the war and changed his mind due to violence and 
yeah, and they made it into a guy who just was a gun guy who went nuts, basically. Yep. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I think that was a pretty fun discussion there. Um, we try to do a gun shop every day, so I'm going to leave it up to you guys to come up with a gun shop. I've been uh, texting with a friend of mine here who just got back from a, a hunting trip, and I'm just going to read some of these texts here. That was kind of neat. So, uh, like I say, he's been gone for a bit. He said, just got, let's see, just got uh, back from a week in the backcountry, elk hunting with his kid. His kid has uh, been hunting before, but uh, he's a youngin. Uh, did not kill a bull, but had an amazing time with the kid, making memories. Uh, we got into elk every day, no shots. The kid tucked uh, mile after mile with me. Uh, had snow up to his knees, very proud of him. Uh, it snowed day and night Friday, then it cleared up, but tons of powder on the ground. Close up, oh, so close up uh, during the trip, wait, couple of oh so close times during the trip for all of us. Uh, the other guys are still up there. He went up with his father-in-law and his brother and their kids. Well, not the father-in-law, but the brother's kids. They're still all up there because there's one more day of elk season out here. Said he has crosshairs on a bull about 50 yards off, flicked the safety off, started to take the slack out of the trigger, but another bull was behind it, so he didn't shoot. I was in a group of about 50 bulls. He says it's the best time he's, week he's ever had in the mountains, ever. He was booking through the deep snow after a bull. He looks back over his shoulder, and his kid's right there, one step behind him. <clears throat> one step behind him. Uh, he says one stop, and, he, and it bumps out. Look at him, and so basically one step behind him. A, a elk comes out, he looks behind him, his kid's already got his binoculars out. Uh, it's his brother's kid's first hunt, they're still out there. So for a week he was learning from the other men, just being a boy, playing with sticks, snow balancing on shit, you know, just exploring and being inquisitive and a patient, fucking great time. <clears throat> he says he was looking back as we were creeping along several miles back into the wilderness. He had his back off, so I was thinking, what is he doing? He pulled out his earprint muffs and put them back on. Uh, he goes, What's, what was he doing? He goes, uh, Dad, I think there was a bull around that corner. I was waiting for you to shoot it. Pretty cool. Making memories out there. Cool. And he's learned something valuable, too. Not everything. Me and all the hunting we did when I was a kid. It wasn't so much the hunting. It was... a. Uh, the time you got to spend, you know, with your dad and stuff like that. I never shot a damn thing when I hunted with my dad. Not a no, thing. No. Well, I mean, other than bear hunting. I did shoot a lot of bears. But uh, uh, deer, I never I never shot at a deer in anger. But it was all about hanging out with my dad. Anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. So, um yeah, we try to think of a gun shop every day. So it looks like Cycle's got one here. Looks like it. Yeah, so in, so in Connecticut, um, they've made it really hard for pawn shops to deal with guns. But there are a few holdouts. And this is an example of one of the holdouts. This is uh, the Armory, which is in Salem, Connecticut. Uh, you know, not to be confused with all the witch-type guns. And um, it's it's basically a piece of the pawn uh, of the pawn shop. It does have its own entry door, but around the back, you just walk right back into the to the pawn shop. 
And, you know, it's, it's quite a nice little place. You know, here's, here's their little entry door. And, uh, it, you know, they're open a lot, which I really like. You know, they're, they're open many, many hours. You know, you can go there every day of the week. You can go there if you want, which is pretty cool. And, you know, it's just a nice little place. And the people behind the counter are gun people that really know what they're talking about, which is really nice. And they're not, they're not, uh, offensively bullshitters either. You know, they're, they're, they're just nice people. I've, I've been in there when, when, you know, gals have been in there trying to buy their first guns or guys have been in there, you know, trying to buy their first guns and the people behind the counter are very, very knowledgeable and very nice. And they, and these guys, because it is also a pawn shop, they also get, uh, they also get unusual rifles. So, you know, every once in a while you'll find, uh, a, a decent, like, uh, I don't know if you can see it, but there's like a Vetterly on the very left-hand side at the top. You'll see there's a Vetterly hanging up there. And, uh, you know, so you never know what you're going to find there. It's one of the places every, you know, about every six, seven weeks, I do a, a gun store loop. And uh, and uh, I have like three or four main loops that I do to cover the whole state because otherwise you'd be there all day. And this is one of the stores I like to go to. I bought a few, I, I bought my French... Uh, my French revolver here, that really weird French revolver that I bought. So it, it's just a really nice place. You know, you never know what you're going to find. This, this is the side of the cabinet that has mostly the newer stuff. And then there's another cabinet, which you haven't seen yet, uh, that, that has older stuff in it. But they also sell, you know, targets, knives. They're, they're big. They, have a, uh, they don't have a lot of knives, but they have nice quality knives. You know, gun safes, accessories. And, and for such a small a floor plan it's it's really quite a nice shop you know you got you got the holsters and you know all that the magazines and junk and right around this corner here if you went around this corner you'd be right into the main pawn shop so it's just a it's just a and have an atm in case you you know really got to buy another gun uh but it's just a lot of you know gun cleaning equipment just all the standard stuff it's just a really well done uh, uh notchy little place and they have a lot of a lot of really good stuff. So I mean, you see, they got a they got a Garand down at the bottom, and you know, M14s and all kinds of stuff. I think there's a 1903, three from the top, three or four from the top. You know, it's just all, all kinds of really good stuff. So I, I'm pretty uh, pretty impressed with these guys. You know, they got a, a nice selection of knives. There's a, a a thing in a knife cabinet and junk like that. So anyway, so that's, it's, it's nice to see that there are a few, there aren't very many, but there are still a few, uh, pawn shops slash gun stores in, uh, in Connecticut. You say how long it's been there? Do you know? Oh, they've been around quite a while. I, I'd say at least 15 or 20 years. Cause I know that the, uh, pawn shop store has been there that long. And I believe the, the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, gun store has been there as long as the pawn shop has been there. Right. Somebody's making some money. No, that's just my text coming in. Oh, okay. Thought maybe you were making sales. No, no, I wish. That'd be great. I haven't had a sale yeah. since last week. So I won't be around tomorrow night because I'm going to be performing on stage. So uh, I will see right you guys. On. 
maybe Friday. We're having our big our big holiday Christmas concert with a big symphony orchestra and all that kind of crap. So really? I'll be gone all I'll be gone all afternoon. Yeah, I do that twice a year. That's cool. We do a we do a spring concert and we do a, a Christmas concert, and I'm soloing this time, so it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. Oh, neat. Yep. Anybody will record that. Oh, it'll it'll be out there. If you if you were to subscribe to the Travelers Corral uh, Facebook page, then uh, they'll probably have snippets of it out there eventually. But uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, good time. We did a we did a, a partial show at the local Athenaeum uh, last week, and we're going to do caroling at one of the castles here. We've got a castle here in Connecticut that we're going to do some caroling at and stuff like that. So, pretty good deal. But that's where I will be tomorrow. I'll be thinking about you guys. Right on. Well, tomorrow is Thursday, so we'll Thursday. be talking about training and CCW, and see what happens with that. Uh, let's see, Thursday, not Yankees chat, right? We did that last week. So, actually, I don't think there's any shows tomorrow now. I uh, just saw something from Budget Gunsgear that he's not going to do a show tomorrow. Sometimes Sarge does his on Thursdays. Depends on his work schedule. Is he out there right now still? I haven't seen him in a while. He was in there earlier. We still have 26 people watching. There's 26 people out there. It's pretty cool. So, uh, I talked a little bit about entertainment and whatnot today, and I guess we'll end it. So, uh, thanks everybody for joining in. We'll be back uh, same time tomorrow. And I'm reading my text here still. All right, well, I don't know. Um, probably should have a better ending for it. We used to do some stuff, but uh, I guess we don't have the quotes or stuff anymore. But uh, we'll uh, see you all tomorrow. The guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching GunWebsites.com.